Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Psalm 103 verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. That's a benefit. Of knowing, following, and serving the Lord. A lot, of, a lot of Christians don't know that. Heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. I remember I was driving in a car. We'd come back from a long trip one time. And, you know, just being in a car a long time, you know, you get a little, a little tired. And, uh, but all of a sudden, these thoughts started coming at me. And, of course, the devil. The devil puts these kind of crazy thoughts in your mind. He says, you're going to have a car wreck. This car is going to go off the road. You know, of course, my wife was driving, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. And she's a very good driver. That's why I knew it was the devil. You know, my wife's driving. I can surely sleep, you know, but anyway. But you, you, you're going to go off the road. You're, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have this car. And I just spoke right up. I said, no, can't happen. He's redeemed my life from destruction. Praise God. He's redeemed our life from destruction. See, so claim the promises of God. They're not just automatic. They're automatic when you lay hold of them and you believe them. You embrace them. You t- just like the name of Jesus. If you're using it as a curse word, it's nothing. But when you understand the word of God and you take hold of it and you speak it out, the word works for you. The word works. God performs his word on your behalf. He performs his word in our life. Somebody say, he's redeemed my life. Now, come on, say this. Let's say this in faith, bless God. Because, you know, the devil, he plots all kinds of things, but we never have to worry. Because we got faith like a shield that quenches every fiery dart of the wicked one. Right? All right. So let's say this. Say, he's redeemed my life from destruction. Can't happen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that good news? And then it goes on, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise God. He'll cause you to eat the good of the land. I said he'll cause you to eat the good of the land, the very best. You know, you don't have to, in other words, um, get the cheap stuff. You can get the organic stuff. Right? You can get the good stuff so that it's good for you. It's good for your health. You know, I think of Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima. And it's, uh, you know, it's an artificial maple syrup. Why get the artificial? Well, it's only $1.21. Get the maple syrup. Get the real deal. Amen? In other words, God will prosper you. He'll take care of you so that you lack nothing. You'll be able to eat the good of the land. Praise God. Have good health. Be blessed coming in. Blessed going out. That's God's will for your life. That's God's will for your life. And it's all through the resurrection of Jesus. All through the resurrection of Jesus. His resurrection was our redemption. 
was our redemption. You say, well, what does the word redemption mean? A lot of times people don't really use that word redemption a whole lot. But the word means it's the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Let me read that again. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something. Regaining possession of something. How is God, how is Jesus our Redeemer? What is this redemption that he has given us? Well, through sin, we had sold out to Satan. And we no longer belonged to God. We now became servants and slaves to sin. Thus, slaves to Satan. But Jesus stepped in. As only he could have done. Because we could not save ourselves. We could not have redeemed ourselves. We could not have bought ourselves back from the devil. We couldn't have done it. But Jesus was able to do it because he became a human being. God became human in the person of Jesus. Was tempted at all points, just like every human being, but was without sin. Never once Missed it. Not once. It's tempted. Just like you. This is just like you. It was like he didn't have any kind of special thing that would, uh, you know, cause him to not be tempted as much as you. He was tempted just like you and I at all points. Yet without sin. You talk about a champion. I said, you talk about a champion. He was tempted at all points, yet without sin. And because he had no sin and he was a man, he was able... To become a payment, a ransom for you and I. God was able to use him, his blood, his perfect sinless blood to purchase mankind back to himself. God has bought us back to himself. And that's good news, not just for God. It's actually more good news for us. Because in God getting us back to himself, he gets us. (laughs) But we got him. Oh, hallelujah. Man, we belong to him now. We belong to his property now. Which means we don't belong to the devil anymore. We don't belong to the kingdom of darkness anymore. We don't belong to this world anymore. We belong to him. In fact, we're like all missionaries to the world. We're just here, you know, for a short time passing through. The Bible calls us pilgrims, sojourners, ambassadors for Christ. We're just here passing through, but we have a heavenly country. We have a heavenly country. We got some heavenly things to look forward to. But yet while here on the earth, we belong to God. We're his property. You know, just like an ambassador goes over maybe to a hostile foreign country. And uh, but he's he's an American ambassador. And so there's certain protections that he has. How much more when you're God's ambassador, heaven's ambassador. You talk about protection. See, we need to understand what we have, the authority that we have as we walk through this life. Uh, Excuse me, I'm a citizen of heaven. Uh, Don't mess with me. Don't mess with sickness tries to mess with me. Don't mess with me. That don't belong on me. That's not a part of my life anymore. I belong to God. 
You mess with me, you're messing with his property. You say, well, everybody belongs to God. Not true. It's not true. Not everybody belongs to God. Again, because of sin, people have become separated from God and are the legal property of Satan through sin. The legal property of the kingdom of darkness. That's why the world is in such a mess. Is because people are operating out of the kingdom of darkness and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. But thank God you and I, though we were in that kingdom, are now in the kingdom of the son of God's love. We're in the kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom of light. Praise God. God has regained possession of us. God has regained possession of us. Now, all we have to do is to give him what he bought. He, he, he bought the whole human race, but he's so good. He's not this tyrant. He's such a good, loving God that even though he bought the whole human race, everybody belongs to him. He still leaves it up to people to give themselves to him. To give their life to him. He bought you. You might as well give yourself to him. You're his property. To hang on to your life is stealing. It's stealing. You know, I don't believe anybody does that knowingly. People see it out of ignorance. They do these things. But we don't want to we don't want to be ignorant anymore and hold any part of us back from him because he bought it all. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter nine, in verse 22, it says, according to the law or the Old Testament, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. There's no remission. That word remission means the cancellation of a debt or charge or penalty. In medical terms, remission is, it's the, it's the reduction or disappearance of the signs and symptoms of a disease. It's, I love that. It's the disappearance of the signs and symptoms of a disease. How many people know sin is a disease? Sin is a real disease. All of the diseases that are in this world have come into the world because of sin, because of the disease of sin. Sin brings death. Sickness, disease, physical sickness and disease is a form of death. It's death in a limited form. That's what sickness, disease is. And so if he took away the sin problem, the real, the root of all disease, then of course he heals us of all disease. Of course that would be a benefit of believing in him and following, following him. See? So he took spiritual death and thus affected physical death in our life so that you and I can live this life without death dominating us. First, without sin dominating us. These things don't have to dominate you and I. We can dominate these things through Jesus. But notice, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. In other words, if man sins, 
then his blood has to be shed. There's judgment. That's judgment. It's the death penalty. But Jesus came. And with sinless blood, he took the death penalty for us. Say that. Say, Jesus Jesus. took my death penalty. That's right. That's what Jesus did. He took our death penalty. First Peter chapter one, verse 18 says this. It says, knowing that you, you, he's talking to you, you were redeemed, bought back, not with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as, as, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You've been bought back with the blood of Jesus. What Jesus did was necessary. See, people have this idea that, well, God, he's sovereign and he can do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. He can just do whatever he wants to do. Well, then why did Jesus go to the cross? Why did God become a human being and be tortured and tormented like he did? Why would he become sin? Why would he become sickness, disease, and all these wicked things? Why would he allow the devil to do these things? Why would he allow all that to be put on him if he could just do whatever he wants, he wants to do? He could just said, I forgive you. He could just waved his magic wand and just forgave everybody. Why? 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 God can't just do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. People, people don't understand. It's amazing how many Christians say, well, Bonnie, saw him, he can do whatever he wants to do. It's amazing how people don't understand some of these basic things. And that's why they forfeit the benefits. No, God, although he has the power to do anything, he doesn't have the legal right to do just anything. He's a just God. Everything he does is just. It's with righteousness. And he has laws and there's ways things operate. And God himself is bound by his own laws. If he violates his own laws, then he ceases to be just. He ceases to be righteous, and thus he ceases to be who he is. So it ain't going to happen for anybody. It's not going to happen for anybody. So God couldn't just forgive everybody. He had to justify everybody. He had to pay for everybody's sins. He had to pay for mankind's sin. He had to buy us back to him. He literally had to buy us back. Think about that. The one that created everything, he had to come up with something to buy us back. And what he came up with was a body for himself. And to come, become a human being and live a sinless life. Tempted just like all humans, but without sin. And then he shed his blood for you and I. As though it was your blood. Your blood doesn't have to be shed now. You don't have to go to hell now. You don't have to die prematurely, and you don't have to go to hell. Praise God. Because we've been washed in the blood. What does it mean, washed? Washed from all sin. Washed from the guilt and shame of sin. Oh, man. People don't even know how much guilt and shame they're walking around in. They don't even know it. I, I remember when I led my brother to the Lord, my one brother, I'm, I'm the youngest of, 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 I have four brothers. And uh, my one brother, I met, the night I led him to the Lord, he confessed Jesus to the Lord. He was like, now we were raised, you know, Catholics, and, and we were raised around, went to, went to a religious school and all those kind of things. But we didn't have this reality of him. We didn't have this relationship with him. And so that night, 
he saw it. He saw it. I was ministering the word to him and he saw it. And, and so I said, well, let's pray. So, so we prayed together and he confessed Jesus from all, with his whole heart. He confessed Jesus as the Lord of his life. And right after we prayed this prayer to make Jesus the Lord of his life, he went, wow. He said, I just feel like this big weight, this big weight just came off me. And I said to him, I said, that's all the guilt and shame of sin, all the condemnation you've been carrying around you didn't even know was there. Didn't even know it was there until it lifted. You know, you get, you get so used, you get so used to it, you know, your whole life, you're living under this mess. You don't even know it. But when it goes, you go, oh, that weight, that weight just, just came off of him. And before the night was over, he was healed of a bleeding ulcer. He was healed of two vertebrae being fused together, chronic back problems. He was used to that and th- uh, healed of that. And then uh, he had addictions to cigarette. They were immediately, he was, immediately they di- he was delivered immediately from cigarette addiction and every other kind of addiction. Alcohol. I mean, just in one night. I like to say he was roto-rootered, you know. God just got in there and just, I mean, you get just total deliverance. It would never happen, though, if somebody didn't know the promises of God, didn't know these things were available. He didn't just, well, God wants to do, he's going to do it. No, no, you've got to know what God wants to do, and you've got to get in faith with God, and you've got to receive it from him. You've got to believe it without doubting and receive it. No, no, this is, this is what God said. I believe it. And take hold of it and declare it with your mouth, and then you'll have the best that God has for you. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want his best. Praise God. He paid a hefty price to redeem us. And now we're redeemed. We've been bought back to God. We belong to him. So why would you not just go ahead and let him have his property? Give him his property. Now again, that's not automatic. God don't just step in and just grab people and say, now you're mine, bucko. And you're going to do it the way I tell you. You understand? And then, and then God attaches these strings to us. And he makes us like puppets. And God says, do this. You do that. Go to church. You go to church, you know. And do this, do that. And, and God, it don't work that way. Don't work that way. God bought you, and he says, I bought you, now come to me. You can come to me now. You're my pro- You can walk free. The prison door is unlocked. The chains have been busted and broken and shattered. You can walk away from that mess. You can walk away from trying to live life in your own strength according to your own power. You can walk away. You can walk away from the oppression, the heaviness. A lot of which you don't even know is there. But it's there. Trust me. Come out from under that mess. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. Come to me. Come to me. He pleads with us. Come to me. He wants, he wants people to come to him because we can now. We can. We can come to him. Why would you hold anything back? Why would you say, well, Lord, I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit but I'm not going to give you all of it. I'll give you a little religious activity. Don't expect me to give you all. This is ignorance of how good it is in God. How good it is in God. It's so much better to be connected to the creator of all things than to go after 
all things and neglect the one that created it all. I mean, why would you neglect and reject the one who created all the good things for the good things? If he created the good things, how much gooder is he than the good thing that he created? Come on, somebody. Hang out with the gooder one. Hang out with the gooder one. Hang out with him. Don't hold anything back. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. God bought you. He's due you. Don't withhold yourself from him. When it is in the power of your hand now through him to do so, to give yourself to him. Do not say to your neighbor or to the Lord, go and come back tomorrow, I will give it. Go, go, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it, preacher. I'll give it tomorrow. I'll give my life later. I'll do this. I'll, I'll, and, and people put off the greatest blessing. They put off the greatest gift, the greatest thing that they could possibly have. He says, don't do that. Don't say, no, uh, uh, I'll come back and tomorrow I'll give my life to you. I'll give it. No, when you have it with you, do not do that. Do not, dis- do not devise evil against your neighbor for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Now, I know there's a couple different ways you can look at that scripture. You know, in a personal, it talks about literally your neighbor, you know, somebody. If you got, if you, got you know, something of theirs, you owe them something. And, uh, and it's in your power to repay them and give it back. Don't, don't put it off and hang on to it. And, and don't do that. That's, the Bible says that's, that's devising evil against your neighbor. But I got this, friend. It works the same way with God. Don't hold back your life from him. Don't hold anything back from him. Don't devise evil against him. And I love what it, how it finishes this out. For he dwells by you for safety's sake. The Lord wants to be by you, in you, and with you to protect you. It's for safety's sake. Man, it's safe when you're in his keeping. Lord, keep me. Lord, be my protection. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. It's safe in him. I got news for you. Jesus is a safe place. Jesus is the safest place to be. To be in the arms of God, there is nothing better. There's nowhere safer. It doesn't matter. In the natural, you could be out on a battlefield. I mean, you could be out, gunfire going everywhere. I, I think of King David. I mean, King David, he would just go right out into the middle of these battles. And of course, you know, the enemy, they want him more than any soldier. And yet he's right out there in the middle of it swinging swords. I mean, it's not like he's got a drone and he's sitting in the castle. Just dropping bombs and shooting missiles from the castle. That'd be nice. They didn't have drones, I don't think, back then. And he didn't say, Lord, just you do it. You just take care of the enemy, Lord. You just, you just subdue all my enemies. Lord says, okay, I'll do it. Come on, let's go. 
No, no, Lord, you just go and do it. You just go subdue all my enemies, Lord. Oh, I just trust you, God. God, you're just taking, every, taking care of everything. You're in sovereign control. And God says, yeah, I'm going to take care of everything. In you, through you. Let's go. Let's go. Well, Lord, do I really have to go out there? What is your problem? Don't you know I'm with you? And if I'm with you, isn't that more than enough? That's bigger than any shield you can carry. That's greater than any weapon formed against you. Come on. That's why the Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Why? Because he's with us. He's with David got battle after battle after battle after battle and I just defeat their enemies. And he had come home completely unhurt. That's pretty awesome. How much more you and I going through this life should know and recognize we are safe in God. He is our protection. He is our protection from every curse. I said he's our protection from every curse. Why? Because he's our redeemer. He's our redemption. He bought us back. He bought us back to himself. He's redeemed us, the Bible says, in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians, the third chapter. And in verse 13, one of my favorite scriptures, honestly. Galatians, pay extra, extra attention. It's the pastor's favorite scripture. When the pastor says that, that means really pay attention. Okay. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed, there's that word redeemed again, redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing, everybody say the blessing, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's the non-Jew, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Like I said, God bought you so that he could bless you. God bought you so that he could bless you. Think about that. God didn't just buy you to, for himself and then start putting all kinds of things on you. People think coming to Jesus is like oppressive or something. It's like coming to him as a, we have to go to church. We have to pray. We have to communicate with God. We have to this. We have to. No, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> you get to, though. You get to, praise God. No, no. It's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing coming to him. He gets you out from under the oppression. He gets you out from under, under those dead works. All that, all those heavy burdens, all that working to try to make yourself feel better. Working, trying to make yourself happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do people go to work? They're trying to make themselves happy. They're trying to, you know, fill their bellies. Right? They don't want to be hungry. They want to have plenty of food. So they go to work. And they want to have things. They want to have possessions. They want to have nice stuff. They want to have a nice life. People want to make things nice for themselves. And people work and work and work at it. You don't have to work at it anymore. With Jesus, he does all the work through you. But he does all the work. That's why he says, come to me. I give you rest. I don't give you a bunch of works. I give you rest. So we come to him and it's a rest. He's doing all the work. So that we're not, we're not, being a Christian isn't a worn out, 
life. I'm trying. I'm trying to find happiness. You know, I've, I've shared this story before. It bears repeating. It was this young man. Uh, he was probably, I don't know, maybe 16 years or 17 years old probably at the time. And uh, he, uh, you know, I was reaching out to him. He came from a difficult, difficult situation. I was just trying to be involved in his life and trying to help, try to give him guidance, you know. But he had his moments, you know, of frustration. And one time he just blurted out. We were in the car together and he just, he just said, What do you do for fun? And I looked right back and I said, I am fun. Yeah. I'm one with fun. I don't have to do anything for fun. I am fun. See, in other words, I'm not trying to go, if I, if I had this, then I'd be happy. Oh, you see, you don't understand something. I'm already happy. Yeah, I'm already a happy person. So now having things is just a means by which I can express the happiness I have. So I'll take all the possessions I can get. That's great. But it's to express this happiness of God that's in me. It's not to get happiness. See, the world's trying to get those things to get happy. No, 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 no. No, we use those things to express our happiness. To express the goodness of God. To express the love of God through our life. Can you say amen? See, that's a totally different thing. So we're not in want and lack and desperate and we're out here striving, trying to get. No, you don't come to Jesus and get lack. He said, if the Lord's your shepherd, you shall not want. want. You shall not lack. No, no, no. There's no want. There's no lack to those who fear him. Praise God. No, no, we go through life spirit-filled. We live a full-filled life. An abundant, overflowing life. And that's where the works come in. Our works are the result of an overflowing life. Not the result of an empty life trying to get filled. If I can get that, if I can do this, if I, I know I have to do this. It's strive, trying to get, trying to fill something that only he could fill. Only he could fill it. So now when you've got the fill, when you've got God who has already filled you, then you can live full of him. And thus overflow to every good work. Overflow to good work. Now we do. Now we go to work. We do what we do. We work hard and we love what we do because it's God that's overflowing out of us. It's not us out here trying to get like we're a bunch of uh, leeches. Trying to just. <laughs> just trying to get, get, get. <laughs> trying to just suck the life out of you. Know, it, it, have you ever met a leech? You know, people, they just get around you and just pull, they pull on everything. Your emotions, your soul. I mean, a lot of folks, some folks have gotten into relationships that they got more than they bargained for, you know. And someone says, well, that's why I'm trying to get out of mine. That's why I'm trying to get out of that one. Well, hold on, slow down. Are you full? Can they empty you of him? I mean, can, can someone just pull too much out of you where you're just empty of God? Who is your strength? Who is your peace? Who is your joy? No, I say it doesn't matter. You get around life-sucking souls and they can just, that's okay. Because you're constantly being replenished and refilled. Just say, yes, darling. Yes, honey, I sure love you. Oh, you're a blessing. Praise God. <laughs> What else can I do for you? Just turn the other cheek. Praise God. 
go, yes, darling, yes, darling, yes, darling. See, just let it keep flowing out of you. <laughs> just let it keep flowing out of you until they start getting filled up and they start going, oh. And they start, they stop the. <laughs> and maybe they start giving back, right? Just keep, just keep pouring, praise God. You know, some people, they come to church and they get all blessed and they get all full of God and they walk out and something happens in the car. You're not going to steal my joy. Well, if it's your joy, it can get stolen. But if it's the joy of the Lord, it's eternal. Have at it. Have at it. Be blessed. Can you say amen? Oh, man, that's the way to live. That's how we overcome. I said, that's how we overcome. We overcome because of that love of God that's been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We overcome because of the life of God that is so big on the inside of us. Can you say amen? Amen. Say, Christ has redeemed me me. from the curse of the law. law. Well, what's the curse of the law? Well, it's everything that you would consider to be a curse. You go over there to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. He talks about the curse of the law. All these curses that come upon a person as the result of disobedience to God. How many people know? The human race has got big problems because it's been in disobedience to God. And he says, all these curses will come upon you. All these curses will come upon you as a result of disobedience. And it just lists curse after curse after curse. All these terrible things that you would consider a curse, it's all listed right here in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Because the first, first curse, we understand, is spiritual death, just being separated from God. Being separated from him. But it goes on. I mean, it talks about, of course, sickness and disease. Over in, you jump to verse 6. Well, if you go through it, it just lists curse after curse. And it starts naming all these terrible diseases. I mean, verse, we'll just pick one up here. Just, just, just random here. Verse 27. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt. That don't sound good. With tumors, with the scab, and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. So you have itching, tumors, and terrible things. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. So people, people lose their minds. This is all part of the curse. It's a terrible thing. It's, Sin brings these curses. But you and I have come to him and he dwells with us for safety's sake. For safety's sake. He is our protection from these curses. He wants you so free of these curses that not only did he bear our sins, but he took the result of sin upon himself. See, he paid it in full. By becoming a curse for us. He became all these things. Everything that, anything that causes tumors, anything that causes these terrible diseases, Jesus took upon himself when he hung on that cross for us. And if he took it, if he paid for it, then we can reject it. Not what he did, reject the curse from coming upon our life. And then he sums it up in verse 61, just talking about sickness and disease. In verse 61, also every sickness and every plague or disease 
which is not written in the book of this law, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. Now again, this isn't the Lord willingly wanting to bring disease upon somebody, to afflict somebody with disease. It's talking about the Lord's justice. It's his justice. We understand that. The New Testament gives us understanding of Old Testament language here. And so it's, it's the Lord's justice. And actually, the Hebrew language, these things are written in the causative sense instead of the permissive sense. In other words, it really should be written that the Lord will not cause it to happen, but he'll permit it to happen. He will allow it to happen. And he has to allow it to happen because of justice. Because justice has to be paid. You understand? So it's not the Lord wanting to afflict or strike anybody. We know who the striker is. It's the devil. We know that from the New Testament. New Testament makes that clear to us. It uncovers Satan to us. And we understand it's Satan that afflicts people like that with sickness and disease. But the Lord has to allow it. Just like in the case of Job, the Lord had to allow it. Because justice needed to be paid. All right? But notice, every, every say every sickness, every sickness, every disease, every disease. is a part, of the curse of the law. part of the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13, New Testament. Christ has, he's bought us back by taking the curse upon himself. He paid for all our sins. So that you and I are not to be cursed. Somebody say, tumors have no place in my body. Disease has no place in me. Sickness has no place in me. Madness, craziness has no place in my mind. No, see, I have the peace of God. We, we have his peace, right? We have his peace. We have his life now. We've been, we've been set apart from all these evil things. He is our protection. Somebody say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that such good news? And then here looking at the curse in Deuteronomy 28, not just sickness and madness and all that kind of stuff. It talks about being a victim in life, being a victim of of murder, of being plundered, something coming, a thief breaking in. You and I can stand up in faith and concerning these things, and that faith will just release the faith of God around us that'll just protect us from all these kind of things from happening. And if something were to happen, we can overcome it. Say, I'm not saying fiery darts won't be formed against you. I'm not saying people aren't going to try to do bad things to you. I'm not saying you're never going to have a flat tire. I'm not saying... Something negative is never going to happen to you. But even if it does happen, the Bible says no grave trouble will overtake the righteous. And you will overcome it through faith in him. So we're not, we're not expecting to have no tribulation because our Lord told us in the world you'll have tribulation. So we understand that. So we're not, we're not, we're not afraid that we know he's with us and we overcome. I'm sure David out on the battlefield saw, saw some pretty nasty things and probably got some cuts, probably got hit. Probably got some wounds, but they weren't fatal, and he overcame. See? So things happen in life through the struggles of life, but we overcome because we have faith in what Jesus did for us. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know. I can't hear this stuff enough. How about you? I, 
I just can't hear it enough because every time I hear it, every time I talk about it, I get stronger in it. I get stronger in it. So that when symptoms try to adhere itself to my body, I can say, no, you don't. See? He didn't say it wouldn't come, but it can't stay. It can't stay. I mean, I've been tempted with headaches. I've been tempted with pink eye. I've been tempted with the best of it. But I don't take it. Headache tries to mess with me. I say, out in Jesus' name, I don't get headaches. I even hit myself to prove I don't get headaches. But you just drive these things out. In the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Somebody say, I have exceedingly great power through the name of Jesus. I'm redeemed. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord It doesn't say, let the redeemed of the Lord sit quiet. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's very important. You say what you believe. We've got to talk what we believe. You've got to release your faith through your words. You've got to speak it. You've got to speak up. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, the devil came and tempted him. Jesus answered him. Jesus spoke up. He said, it is written. And Jesus began to quote scripture. That's how he dealt with the devil. And it dealt with the devil. It took care of him. The devil wasn't able to get place in Jesus' life. He was trying to tempt Jesus to sin. Jesus never sinned because he spoke up. You got to speak up. Not speak your opinions and your feelings. That will get you in trouble. But if you got yourself in trouble, start speaking up. Speaking God's word. Speak his promises. And that will get you out of trouble. Every time. If you've missed it, you can just repent of it. Receive forgiveness. And then... Thank God for delivering you and fixing even the mess you might have made. Isn't that good news? Praise God. God's working for me. How about you? He's working on my behalf. Because I'm his. I belong to him and his property. You know, God takes care of his property. I mean, wouldn't it be terrible to go by, you know, a field and you see this beautiful building and, it, and it's just getting older and nobody's taking care of it and the, and the, and the fence is all busted down and the shutters are hanging off and paint's chipping off. And it's just, just you look, oh, man, that, that house, man, has such potential. Man, who owns this property? Who owns this property? You know? Now you just look and think, what a mess. God owns you. Let him mow your lawn. <laughs> let, him, let him get in there and clean things up. I said, let him get in there and clean things up. Let him straighten it all out. Can you say Amen. He goes on in uh, Deuteronomy 20, verse 16. Cursed shall you be in the city and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall you shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Verse 38. You shall carry much seed out to the field and gather little in. For locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend them, but you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. So here, all this work, all this work, all this work, and it's just, it's just, so much of it is just wasted effort, wasted effort. So much of what, is, what you're doing is just being consumed and destroyed and eaten up. You know, the, the devil, one of his names is the devourer. And he comes to devour your stuff. 
So you work and work and work, and, and it's just being devoured. It's just being devoured. It's being devoured. See, that's talking about prosperity. That's talking about uh, the works of your hands. That's talking about being in a state of, of lack and poverty, being impoverished. Oh, glory to God. I got good news for you. Jesus redeemed you from spiritual death. Jesus redeemed you from sickness and disease. Jesus redeemed you from poverty. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody say, no more lack for me. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh, no, no, no. God wants you blessed. Well, what does the blessing look like? Quick, let's look at it really fast. Don't you want to look at it? Remember, you've been redeemed from the mess. That's why I like reading the curses. Somebody said, I've never seen somebody so happy reading curses. You're not supposed to be happy reading curses. Well, I'm happy reading the curses because I know Christ has redeemed us from every one of those things. It's telling me what he redeemed me from. I get excited about it. Verse 1 of 28, he says, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Praise God. And again, what is our obedience? Our obedience is simple. It's all reduced to one thing, giving your life to him. Surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. That's your obedience to God. He says in verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be, shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. And the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we could go on. But that's good right there. Oh, hallelujah. He's redeemed us from the curse of the Lord that the blessing... Of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. It might come upon you and I in Christ Jesus. Are you in him? Are you in him? Have you given yourself over to him? If you're in him and you belong to him, say bye-bye to the curses. Say bye-bye to the strong arm of the devil. Because he is now under your feet. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Let's thank God for this great redemption that we have through Jesus. Somebody say, he's alive. He has risen from the dead and he is alive. Hallelujah. He is alive and well and he is watching over his possessions. He is watching over his, he's watching over what is his. Are you his? Do you belong to him? You want to make sure you belong to him. It's just like getting married. You can date somebody. You can hang out with somebody. You can spend a lot of time with them. But does that mean you're married? You know, somebody said it this way one time. They said, you know, you could spend a lot of time in your garage, but it'll never make you a car. 
He'll never make you a car. You can sit there. You can try to run, make the sounds of a car. You could, you'll never be a good car. Isn't that true? So we can do all the right things, it seems. But yet, just coming to church doesn't make us a Christian. Right? Just doing religious acts doesn't make us a Christian. It's when we get married to the Lord. It's when, it's when we make a vow. And we say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm not leaving anything behind. I'm giving you my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I'm laying it here at your altar. I'm giving it to you. You bought me. I belong to you. I want you to have me. I want you to have me. And so here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I surrender to your great love. Do what you desire to do with me. You made me for a purpose. Fulfill that purpose in me, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't we all pray that together? That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.